The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Jerry Karaya, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We're going to be talking about all things physical in terms of precious metals. We may get into some natural fancy colored diamonds because it's been a little while since we spoke about that and what's happening in the market there. Uh, we've got an update from the Fancy Color Research Foundation. But in terms of the physical market, it's still kind of tough out there. I have to admit, uh, Jerry, you and I were just talking before we jumped on air that uh, we're, we're kind of beat. We're feeling a little burnt out right now. Yeah, it, uh, as far as like setting expectations we don't know we don't know when the uh silver um situation will uh normalize for us where we're used to selling you know putting together orders they're larger orders 10,000 20,000 ounces of silver orders uh we're kind of stuck at you know booking 500 ounce orders for the registered plans at this time uh hoping to get some physical silver available in the next uh, few days but yep. uh, it's tough to predict that's been our sort of personal um, saga, which is getting physical product into the registered accounts. We've started to see some product coming back in for retail, um, which is great to mm -hmm. see. You know, it could get wiped out again pretty quick if there's another run. And I think that's something we should discuss today, which is the market seems it's it's steady. It seems a little quiet. I think we have to talk about what's happening under the surface um, because it's okay for markets to take a bit of a break. But um, while we're getting some product finally being shipped in over the, because, you know, throughout the beginning of February, we were ordering and ordering and ordering. And, you know, finally the product's starting to arrive. Yeah. Um, so we were able to handle the orders back in, in early February and all through February and at the beginning of March. And then, and then we started to get the replenish, uh, replenishing inventory coming through. But the the physical product in the registered accounts has been a bit difficult. It's been a little bit uh, touch and go, but it's uh, that's what's causing us extra work, mm -hmm. right? Because we have to we have to keep uh, doubling back to make sure that we can get the the products through. It's a struggle on everybody's ends. We're we're working through that, and yep. um, and we're we're working on some solutions to make sure that we can keep that flow steady. But it's not uncommon in the market. Um, you've probably heard about what's, uh, or got a whiff of what's happening at the Perth Mint. Mm -hmm. A lot's going on there. Um, the chatter began earlier last week, and I took it with a grain of salt. I thought it was okay, maybe a one-off. It's probably some of the uh, silver squeeze hype that's been going around as of uh, for the last month, two months. Um, but the, the news progressed. You know, Unallocated accounts, not enough silver to back them up. Then the next thing you know, the Perth Mint, which has a window, a direct retail window to offer physical silver to customers, no more silver. They they shut that that side of the their e store down. So all of this, all of these signs, you know, across the world, same things that are happening um, here uh, in Asia. Uh, this this disappearing silver is is a real issue. Yeah, and and it's there's sort of a twofold issue there. The one is the unallocated side of the, the market, right? So if you're looking at Perth Mint and you have the unallocated pool account and you decide, you know what? I, I'm gonna go with the other guys on this. I'm gonna start agreeing with what everyone's saying about I should really have it in my hand. If I don't if I if I can't hold it, I don't own it. Mm -hmm. It this is this is really a time to have it allocated. But those people are being 
kick to the back of the line, they are the absolute last priority uh, in terms of getting out of a pool account. Yeah, it's the same for certificates or any other type of derivative. Take it, you know, call it, call it what it is. It's a derivative for the real thing. It really doesn't exist for you. Your name is not on it. Uh, you're pretty much sharing uh, the pool uh, of some of some product, and you know all it takes is one big big fish to come and uh, remove that product. So, yeah, the trend now is get it while you can, own it. I mean, obviously, the best place to have it is in your persons if you can if you can hold it and if you can store it physically somewhere privately if you're a private individual. But you have to think about insurance and liquidity in the future. If you're with silver, you want to be able to potentially liquidate, uh, roll it into you know gold or uh, be able to liquidate at the top. Um, and you, you know, liquidity is something that is discussed often with uh, some higher net worth clients. But um, unallocated, pooled, you want to stay away from those uh, those type of gold uh, investments. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Uh, agreed. This is the on the one hand you're talking about how to get out of unallocated yep. investments if that's what you've gone for. And I would call those investments because there's counterparty risk. And if if you can't convert out of it, as Perth Mint is having trouble doing that right now, I'm not saying that they won't be able to, right. but that there's certain there's clearly prioritizing going on. So that's the one that's one side of this, which is trying to get from unallocated to allocated. And then the other side of this is the prioritizing that's happening on the side of the mints. You can't we don't know the extent at which the Perth Mint is prioritizing to who. Mm -hmm. We definitely have seen over the last year that especially as of last March, which we're going to talk about, we're kind of in an anniversary mode in terms of that uh, that squeeze in the market and the, the, the market moving down dramatically and people being, you know, it's like the fog of war. What was going on? The price <laughs> of silver is jumping down. But um, but the fact is, is that there's this prioritizing issue. Mm -hmm. And we've seen over the last year that um, major financial institutions are clearly taking delivery of the physical product. So it's not just the everyday... Wall Street bets, silver squeeze people, which love it. That's that is really going to drive this market massively higher. Um, all of the new buyers into the market, people waking up and realizing, oh, you know, the government's been printing money, and I could ignore it back in two thousand and eight. You know, and uh, even though interest rates never rose, that was in my favor because I was able to borrow more money. Mm -hmm. But uh, but the money printing kept going and the Fed never paid down its balance sheet and then the pandemic hit and all of this money got created and where was the helicopter money coming my way? And it just mm -hmm. wasn't. So I think that there's a, 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 an awakening in that sense to, okay, I, I don't like what I'm seeing and I want to get into the physical market and now you're seeing so many different entities getting into the physical market that there's this constant bottlenecking and backing up and it's how far back can you go before you've emptied everything mm -hmm. and that's where the comics is coming in right because can't get it from the Perth Mint I can't get it from here I can't get it from there so entities are saying well now I've got to go to I've got to go to the comics yeah you know we've seen we've seen actually I, I remember seeing with um, when Republic medals went under oh in Miami yeah right we 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 noticed internally that that major brands major companies we won't name them but major companies were on the lawsuit yeah. so they were buying the product direct from from republic metals as opposed to getting it from the comex so from an industrial standpoint industries go to the refiners they're going straight to the refiners they don't go to the comex 
the fact that comics is being bled dry of physical product is a sign that that's a last resort. Yes. Yep. And, um, you know, these institutions going after the uh, physical bully, and it's, it is their run for, for insurance. They're looking for the insurance uh, against what is coming. The rush is, is a sign that they're panicking. They're panicking from the immense amount of trillions in stimulus that have been printed even prior to the COVID uh, crisis uh, that began last year. Uh, but the insurance towards real money, not the investment. You can't do anything with the investment. This is real money, tangible. Um, the investment is the paper. It has counterparty risks. Money has no counterparty risk. And um, this is primarily the reason why these banks are, you know, bunkering down, getting as much silver as possible. And the people are reacting to this as well. People are, have woken up. They're seeing through the charade with the paper price raids that happen almost at 8 o'clock every, every other day or whatever the case may be. We're not panicked by that. We're anticipating it. And these are only opportunities. And, you know, looking from the, the whole, you know, the, the year anniversary um, this is simp simply what what year anniversary are we celebrating here? I don't know what you call it. The, 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 the smash, the, the silver. Yeah, the silver. Well, it's been a crash. Uh, the, the silver did, you know, dip last uh, last spring. Uh, look, look at where we are today, though. I know the market went down to, you know, we we're trading in the seventeen eighteen dollar range in silver and it dropped down to eleven dollars. And, um, you know, they're saying now that that's how gold, that's how uh, JP Morgan got out of their silver shorts. They pushed it that far and then they were able to, to get out of their shorts. I mean, that's what they're telling us. I don't pay too much attention to that because I just kind of have my head down helping people to get into the market from the fundamental side of things. Um, but I was reading an interesting thing on Reddit uh, with, I think it was a guy put up a post. His name was, I believe, The Happy Hawaiian. And he was talking about the, this idea that there's there really are two markets that push the market higher. They're, they're, on the one side, there's the fundamentals, which we talk about all the time, because mm -hmm. the other side of it is the silver squeeze, which is what happened in, two, in in, in 1980 with yep. with the Hunt brothers, but but it, it happens and it can happen often, uh, not often, but it, it, it can happen in a generation and that's what is happening right now in terms of that's what the aim is, mm -hmm. right? The difference is, the, and this is what this person was posting, which was a great post, um, was this idea that we've gone from basically two brothers trying to do it, yeah, two billionaire brothers to everybody. And this idea that you know, if you can whack out just by each person buying a few ounces, can whack out the retailers, can then go to the wholesalers and then clear out the cupboards of the refiners and put that much pressure on, on the overall market for better or worse, that's going to drive the, the market higher. Um, I say worse because, if, you know, there's industries involved and that has negative repercussions, but but it, it can drive the price magnificently higher. Now, mm -hmm. from our standpoint, we have more level heads. Yeah, we're We're not... That would be fantastic, but that's not that's not what we ultimately think is is why you should hold it. We're mm -hmm. here more for the fundamentals and the driver of it. If we really did end up seeing that silver squeeze, that would be icing on the cake. That's right. Let's talk about that icing. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. We'll talk about more of that in the next segment. You're listening to the Real Money Show on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. We've been talking about silver. A little more focus on the silver because it's a very exciting market right now. People want to get involved. We do love gold, and lots of people are buying gold as well. But just for us right now, the feature story is, is a bit more on silver. We're also going to talk about some natural fancy-colored diamonds later and show you how that works in a portfolio in terms of protecting wealth, just like gold protects wealth. But in, in the last segment, Jerry, we were talking about the icing on the cake. What would happen if the silver squeeze actually happened? It's one thing to look at the fundamentals and say, look, silver is an industrial metal. It's a monetary metal. It's extremely undervalued. If you look at the debts, if you look at, the, if you look at inflation, if you look at the supply-demand fundamentals, these are the reasons to be in the market. These are the reasons to hold some physical silver now. But if there was a major silver squeeze in the market, meaning these, these four major banks that are short half a year's of production, right? If they end up on the wrong side and they are panicking, yep. but it drives the price higher, how high do you think, if I hold an ounce of gold right now and it's worth, let's say $30, $25 US, but you know, 30 plus Canadian, what it, could that be worth? in the next five, six years if we get that silver squeeze? Well, you're asking me personally. I'm asking opinion, you personally. I'm not opinion, asking you to see, look into I a crystal see. ball here. I'm just saying, what do you think it could actually, well, you know? I'm of the opinion, and I share the view of, of many that believe that we are headed back to some sort of a standard. Um, you're not going to end the money printing. You're not going to cause you're not gonna cause another 1930s crash because uh, if you stop the money printing, um, you know, the things really cease. So, you're going to have to back up the, the system with some trust, with some credibility, and by creating a standard, maybe a 40% gold standard, you know, back everything up, you need a revaluation of gold. So I'm of the opinion, you know, uh, you know some writers wrote $10,000 gold, and this is, a, this is a mathematical figure that, you know, you need prices to be there in order to, to back up the immense amount of debt and even quadrillions in toxic derivatives that are on the balance sheets of these banks. So if you have a $10,000, $15,000 gold price, by the end of this, all of this madness, because it has to, something big is coming down the pipe. It's going to be epic. And when you have gold at $10,000 per ounce, you divide that maybe to a 12 to 1 gold to silver, silver to gold ratio. That puts silver close to about $1,000 per ounce. $1,000 an ounce? That's right. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, back in 1980, you needed 2,000 ounces to buy a house. Okay. What's the average house today? About 1.5 in Toronto? Well, so 1 million, but 1 million. I mean, that doesn't buy you much. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't really buy you much. But if we do the math and extrapolate, yeah, we're going to have enough 2,000 ounces today for a measly $70,000, 75000 Canadian. You can buy a house. And that's our, that's our goal here is to decide, not only protect, but what is your plan? What is the strategy? And part of that strategy is to either play the silver to gold ratio or to roll out and to buy another hard asset. Now you're also talking a little bit there about the Great Reset, right? Because you're saying that the current fiat system isn't working, we're gonna have to go to a new system and that's, that means resetting and resetting backing with, with, a, cur backing with a commodity, I, like s you're saying maybe silver, maybe gold, maybe a bimetallic standard like it started um, in the US. But you're also mentioning the idea that you know, people would say the myth is that 
well, there's not enough gold to go back to a standard. And you're, you're kind of also saying, well, there is at the right price. That's right. 8,000 tons sit, currently sitting, well, uh, unchecked, but I do believe that there's 8,000 tons at Fort Knox and West Point in the U.S. You haven't Hell, personally audited, but you're taking <laughs> no, their word. I don't think Ron Paul has either. Uh, but 8,000 tons at current prices today would only be about $260 billion. Not enough. Not enough to put on a down payment for a house. Not enough to mor mortgage your, the debt, uh, to finance the debt. You're, you'll need prices to be north of uh, north of ten thousand in order in order to uh, to back up the debt. So that's of my opinion. And yes, it is going to be a move away from the U.S. Federal Reserve note and back to a U.S. dollar. And Jeremy, where do you think this can go? I mean, that would be a spectacular number. What you just mentioned, I kind of feel that number one, the idea of fifty dollars silver is uh, that's going to happen. You know, we, we don't have to suspect that it's going to one day reach $50 again like it did in 1980 or like it did in 2011. I think silver easily going to $100 an ounce is would still make it incredibly undervalued. I think people would look at silver at that point and say, yeah, it, yeah, what's a, what's $100, right? Especially when you compare to things, you know, you mentioned real estate. Think about Bitcoin at 60000 or whatever it's trading at now with no no inherent value mm -hmm. right um which is the beautiful thing because it could never be overvalued but the thing is is that you know i think that silver at at 70 dollars an ounce just as an example i'm talking about like the first marker the first flag is the idea that if it went to 70 eh, bank stocks are trading at, at 70 you know you can i think like it's most nothing. most stocks are trading around that type of price range it's not a it's not a crazy big deal so I think that's sort of, for me, the first step is let's get up to that level. And could it go to multiple hundreds of dollars? Sure. Why not? Once it starts picking up, once the reins are, are loose. And I think maybe to wrap up the idea of a silver squeeze is I think that's really what this comes down to is the silver squeeze is the idea of letting the reins off that, that the, the four major banks that are shorting the market have a boot on the neck of the silver market. It hasn't stopped the rise, mm -hmm. and they are panicking. And I find myself using the example of of Rocky One, you know, especially when you know when you look at what happened in early February. It looks like the silver, um, silver squeeze, Wall Street bets. It looks like they lost, right? Well, Rocky lost, but what did it cost Apollo Creed, <laughs> right? And that's the key here: is Good that point. this is this is this is about what damage it's doing. To these banks and what panic it's creating to these banks that's going to end the system you know and this idea of moving away from unallocated is also massive and that's what the last that's what the last few months specifically in this market have really done going back a year as well people realizing hey i want my toilet paper or i want my gold call up their broker and say hey i want to take delivery from my yeah. gold fund and they say sorry we're not we're not going to do that redemption no right speaking of non-redemptions that's something you just experienced yeah to my chagrin, to her chagrin she thought she had a you know a rather sizable rsp wanted to move over in gold it was an issue of trust not getting the information that she was you know hoping for at you know at the institution that she was moving from and i'm speaking about a, a new client coming on board um not getting the answers uh, to the in the questions that she was having about money printing and coming inflation, how can and not getting the answers, so it was an issue of trust. So she decided to move it over, um, and majority of the the product or her uh, RSP was sitting in uh, a fund, 
and we tried to do an all-in cash transfer and realized that uh, some of the funds were not uh, not redeemable at this time due to the uh, poor performance of the fund and it kind of reminded me of what Jim Rickards talks about and the reasons for undigitizing your wealth is that you know gold is very unique it's that str strategic asset for your portfolio where it's the only non-financial asset tangible that does not require the financial system but it is a financial asset it's money um, and he mentions that when everyone tries to head to the door in your best stock you can be in the best stock in a Berkshire or Amazon but if everyone tries to head to the door you're not gonna get out liquidity is gone and you're stuck with the best but in gold that market that doesn't happen the market is trade uh, you have transparent prices around the world traded around the clock around the world and liquidity is never an issue and that's why many of our you know our clients I don't know about yourself but many of our high net worth clients they can really care less about these fundamentals yes they're being awoken to the silver squeeze and supply and demand fundamentals even geopolitical issues with the Suez Canal and things like that but their main issue is Jerry at the end of the day when I need to sell how quickly can I sell it yeah that's that's very true and also you know you're just mentioning and we should get back to to um, getting into the liquidity issue but um, you know we're starting to see the uh, the the noose on the neck of um, of cryptos right yeah, yeah. there's a, a crypto exchange all of a sudden they're saying no 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 we're gonna issue you a, a receipt that yeah. that we're reporting to the government your gains now I mean that is no longer outside the system yeah I got mine <laughs> right it, it's no longer outside the system right. and I think that they're gonna further clamp down on that uh, because I think they want their own crypto uh, currency mm -hmm. and that's a scary thought by the way I mean we should just kind of digress for a moment there on that the idea that if the government puts out their own their own digital currency and people have talked about it the idea is oh they'll just first give you money to spend mm -hmm. so it's like go into your wallet we're giving you free money to spend like a drop, um, yeah. yeah and and also universal basic income seems to be on the rise it's like no problem let's just print money give everything and then you just go well, well why am I paying taxes if yeah. money is nothing then just leave me alone but um, yeah so all of these things are happening and if you have a digital currency that's being that's fiat by decree of the government, then there's nothing to say that they can't stop you from spending it. That's right. right. You go to your ATM machine one day, although you wouldn't be pulling out money anyway. So let's say you're 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 buying something and it's declined, and you don't mm -hmm. know why. Mm -hmm. Right? What did you do wrong? Yeah. What, did you not take too? Did you not take enough steps? Did your Fitbit <laughs> like? Did your Fitbit call you out to the government? It, it's curious how all these things can work, although with gold, it is a private transaction. And I think that's only going to be a benefit to gold as people wake up to this and realize, well, wait a minute. They're, they're getting me on my crypto. They're getting me on my cash. Gover you know, the banks don't want me to have cash. They, won't, they give me a, tr a hassle every time I want to take cash out. Mm -hmm. um, they're giving me a hassle to put it in. Yeah. So now I'm stuck with, with the ones and zeros of my bank account. Ah, but there is gold. So maybe there is something there in the overall global reset of this where it's like, how do we eventually bring transparency back in? Yeah. Because I think as well, if, if the last year has ta taught anybody anything, it's that, you know, they've, they've sat there and watched, well, my business is shuttered, but I can walk into the LCBO. My business is shuttered, but I can walk into Walmart. W what? That just seems pretty hypocritical to me. Yep. Most people can see that. Most people can see the money printing. And so the distrust in government 
for what it's worth, hey, well-intentioned or not, mm -hmm. that distrust is there now, and mm -hmm. now they have to deal with it. Yeah. Trust is the bottom line here, and, and you know, in an age, in, in an era where we, we are clamoring for, for real news, um, real reporting, real inflation data, we're not getting this, this data, and, um, you know, people are awake uh, many many Canadians, and I'm really happy to hear this. That you know, ma many people that are coming throughout the weeks are just you know something just doesn't make sense, Jerry. Uh, this money printing, Canada's you know economy. We just shut down the pipeline. We're 33 million Canadians. There's you know, the GDP is falling, and you know where do we go? And they're looking to gold, and, and they're looking to silver, and they're seeing the opportunity, the silver lining in silver. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's making the springtime very exciting for us all. And not only that, Jerry, but in the next segment, let's talk about the fact that the Canadian government's about to take the punch bowl away, right? So they're going to stop buying bonds and they're going to stop uh, their QE program. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Contact Guildhall. We'll show you how to get into the physical market in physical gold and silver. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Why are you going to go to the website? You're going to learn about how to acquire physical precious metals for yourself. At Guildhall, we only deal in physical gold, physical silver, as well as natural fancy colored diamonds. And the idea is to start small sometimes, right, Jerry? You want to get some physical in your hand, start to understand how it works between that paper price that you see on the screen and then the physical price that it costs to actually acquire it in your hand. Understand the premiums, which are higher these days, a reflection of supply and demand, no doubt. And... Um, and so, yeah, you want to get some in your hand, and then you can maybe move into other areas of wealth protection, like the registered accounts. Uh, we are working diligently to get that physical product back into the market. This isn't new. We've dealt with the, the registered accounts not having product. Um, we dealt with that back in March last year, a little bit through uh, the summer. There was a period actually in the fall where, where there was some waiting times for physical product. And again, that's just because more and more people are getting involved in this. More and more people are demanding actual allocation of their product. Mm -hmm. We don't issue certificates. We issue a warehouse receipt with mm -hmm. your own sub-account number on it with the listing of your bar numbers. That's very different than, uh, than an IOU. This is, here it is. You know, when COVID protocols end, we're going to invite you to come and visit your product. You want to take it delivery in kind? No problem. No excess cost for that because you already own the product. You'd only be paying for your admin fee and the cost to ship it to you. Mm -hmm. But that is that that pales in comparison to the cost that it's going to be to try to convert out of paper. And that's something that we've been focusing on on today. Now, Jerry, did you see what uh, what Canada has planned in terms of taking away the punch bowl? Please explain. Okay, so um, Bank of Canada is providing guidance on how it plans to slow its purchases of government bonds as the quote-unquote economy recovery accelerates, fueling expectations. Um, so the idea is they want to start taking away the punch bowl. They've been printing money like crazy and uh, supporting the economy while it's all been shut down. This is, on the one hand, great to see because if they're 
if they're saying we're going to stop our QE programs and our bond buying programs, which means they're telling the economy, okay, you have to now stand on your own two feet. Right. What I like about that is that says to me that the lockdowns are ending, that they're going to have a tough time going back to lockdowns unless they're willing to reverse this policy very quick. But that's to, that to me on the one hand is a good sign that they're going to say, okay, we're going to, we need the economy to open because we've just said that we're, we're slowing our QE and bond, bond purchases because the economy is accelerating. But personally, I don't think that, that the economy is going to be accelerating that much once things are, are fully open. What are your thoughts there? How can it? I mean, the damage has been done. I think, again, we all have 30 million Canadians in the country the oil oil is the main driver of the economy everyone knows our currency is a it's a commodity driven currency primarily driven by oil and the in the developments in the oil industry and too bad i mean how many of our clients in alberta have have just seen their their empires dwindle i mean these are strong these are strong workers a strong economy strong strong-willed people um, but you know we need the oil industry revamped and and re, you know restarted. And without that, um, you know we are going to have a very very tough time boosting our GDP. Yeah, so I, I think that at the end of the day, this is this is you know the signal is there. On the one hand, they're saying, look, we're we're going to slow down all of this purchasing. We've got to pull back at some point. To me, I've seen this this play out before in the in the U.S. when mm. the Fed was trying to pay off its balance sheet and they stopped buying bonds, and uh, and the, they had the taper tantrum at that yeah. time, and so they couldn't they couldn't unwind it the way they thought they could unwind it. So we'll see how that plays out. On the other hand, there's also now articles coming out um, about the fact that the the real estate market is becoming overheated. Um, you know, the admission that it's overheated and that the government has to figure out a way to protect against that. I don't know. I see this as a very, very fragile place to be. And I think that it's on the one hand, it's exciting where the prices of metals can go. On the other hand, I think it's so important to have the physical product in your portfolio today for those reasons alone. You don't want to wait for the last minute to buy insurance. You have to have it before, before you need it. Mm -hmm. And as tough as it is to get that physical policy, as we would call it now, yeah you still have to get it. You this is not if if you know we're we're looking at the panic of covid a, a year later, right? This is not the time to to procrastinate. No. Y you already procrastinated. You know what happened when you procrastinated. You had to wait in line to try to get toilet paper. This is about now being fully ready. And if and as the central bankers around the world start talking about resets, do you want to be the one caught holding stocks that are at multi multi year highs? Absolutely not. You better you better, you know, come in line with with uh, you know these realities, some of them being negative. Um, the neg the realities of of potential negative interest rates, of endless money printing, the derivatives that have been on the bank's balance sheets for almost 15 20 years these are this is quadrillions of toxic derivatives still on the banking sh the balance sheets of these banks the top 5 banks in Canada were not uh, that strong back in uh, 2009 in the, in the there is a there's a report by the uh, Canadian Center, Center of Policy Alternative that, that the banks were actually received some bailout money back in 2009 so Canadians I saw that. Canadians tend to think that well we actually fared pretty 
pretty good compared to the U.S. We actually got out of this unscathed. Oh, our banks were typically underwater. And CMHC is warning now that we have a moderate, you know, the moderately high risk in real estate. Our economy relies only on real estate now. Well, not only. Uh, a good chunk of our economy relies on real estate investment. It's time for us to diversify like the central banks. And like Ray Dalio, we were mentioning Ray Dalio spoke to Bloomberg, but Ray Dalio, a man himself who famously said, if you don't own gold, you know neither history nor economics. And he owns he owns precious metals. Silver but I think gold. we have to try to convince him how to get out of the ETFs. Because when you when you hold ETFs, you're you're diverting your, your gold and silver money to the banks mm -hmm. and you're not actually holding it you're not actually owning it and mm -hmm. so you're letting them play the games right with with the market mm -hmm. I you know Ainsley Bullion wrote uh, a you know, great uh, report on uh, on his on his comments to Bloomberg this past week and he them and I share that the view that you know he yes he has a position in, in the ETFs but it'll be an extremely safe bet to assume that his personal holdings are actually in physical yeah I think that um, you know there is a, a place for those type of instruments and they're probably great for trading right I had a quick conversation with a client who said oh my advisor said I should buy I should buy like the ETF instead because that way I can sell high and buy low etc and I was like um, gold is gold and silver are not trading vehicles if you're looking for a trading vehicle, then that would be it. But mm -hmm. you don't buy precious metals to trade. You That's buy right. it to hold and protect for the long term. Yep. And then there's a period of time down the road where you can where you can uh, start to prune the portfolio and adjust the portfolio down the road. Let's talk more about this. Let's talk about where we think the prices are going. Let's talk about the current subtlety in the market, why the market looks like calm waters right now, but what's happening underneath, which is huge. We're going to bring a, an article from SRS Rocco, um, Steve St. Angelo, and also talk a little bit, touch on the natural fancy color diamonds market because there was a great article from Fancy Color Research Foundation. Right. The number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. Stick around, it's The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. You know, over the last couple of weeks, it seems like the market's kind of started to go sideways, Jerry, but there's always a lot going on beneath the surface, don't you think? Lots. There was an article out by um, Steve St. Angelo, SRS Rocco Report, and one of the things he was discussing was just the monstrous eagle sales that were going on through the U.S. Mint. He was saying that according to the U.S. Mint's website, a total of 3.3 million silver eagles had been sold as of March 23rd, bringing the total for the year to 11.248 million ounces. Wow. Um, if the sales remain as strong as they have for the rest of the month, we will likely see over 4 million silver eagles sold and 12 plus million from between January and March, which is a massive amount compared to what we've seen before. What that equals to... Just as one example on the Gold Eagle side is for the full year of 2018 and 2019, there was just under 400,000 ounces of gold sold through the, through the, um, the U.S. Mint. Between January and March 23rd of 2021, 
400,000 ounces. So the same amount of gold has been sold from the mint in three months that prior to that took two years. Now you're doing that in a month of March where it doesn't look like the price is doing a whole lot, but the amount of product that's being purchased is massive. And so it's always what's going on beneath the surface. So while everything else is happening out there, maybe people are excited about different other investments, excited about Tesla, excited about Bitcoin, whatever it is, they're ignoring the fact that under the surface of the current price in the metals mm -hmm. is the, that supply demand issue continues to be right at the front. It, exactly. Having this conversation with people is just explaining how much of a coiled spring silver really is. Behind the scenes, there is tremendous, ex extreme demand for physical. And this is astonishing. In just three months, has exceeded the full year uh, of demand for silver eagles. And these are eagles. These are the, one of the most beautiful coins uh, that I have seen. Um, and this is, this is what people go after. They're investing. These are mom and pops going after this, the, these silver coins. So... Um, while everything, all the narrative is, you know, what's going on with gold? Well, it's just the paper, the paper market's being smashed. It, what's, be, what's going on in the physical is that silver is disappearing. Uh, behind the scenes, silver is coiling, and this is going to be a tremendous and epic run in silver. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the expectation of seeing triple-digit silver, I think, is, is there. I think that, um, you know, it's, if you can get it. Right, it's going to be a, a nice asset to hold if you can get it. So keep trying to to acquire your product. Um, we're going to keep trying to assist people to get into the market um, as best we can, and continue to educate people in the market. Now let's quickly talk about natural fancy colored diamonds for a moment, because uh, during the period of a basically 2004 through 2014-15, the market of natural fancy colored diamonds was completely on fire. It was a really difficult market to uh, to try to catch. It was just constantly prices rising, rising, rising. And that was basically because there was the expectation of inflation going into 2008 from 2003 through 2008. And then after 2008, you had the expectation of inflation through the QE. Um, and so there was a lot of demand. And, uh, you know, the Fancy Color Research Foundation put out an article where they were basically saying a few key points for me. I know you read the article too. What stood out to me were, were two things. One, that on the mining side, mm -hmm. they're not seeing many rough, rough diamonds coming out right now for that are actu actually colored diamonds, natural mm -hmm. fancy colored diamonds. They're seeing less and less rough diamonds coming out, which is a very positive sign for colored diamonds going forward. The other thing that really struck me was that, and they've talked about this in other articles, was the fact that come 60 years from now, that's it. No more... No more wholesaling yeah. because there's no more mining for the diamond industry. That within 60 years, it's going to go straight straight to a secondary market only. So if you're thinking about generational wealth and what the natural fancy colored diamond market could look like in 30, 40 years, as we start to get closer to that end point of the mining industry for diamonds, not to mention that the Argyle mine, the 90% the world's pink diamonds came from that mine already closed in mm -hmm. October – this is this is an asset to hold for multi generations. This is a this is a, the most beautiful asset to hold uh, for generations to come. This is generational wealth. 
Um, and what I took took away from this is the auctions, the auctions that uh, usually give us a determining uh, value and the, the trajectory of prices going up in value. What I've what I've realized is that uh, the ones that actually hit the auctions are not that you know the, the lower quality uh, diamonds. So it's not really setting a good expectation. It's actually a lower expectation for the do the auction results. The outside of those outside, hero diamonds that they right, sometimes. That's right. That's yeah. right. So the the diamonds that, for example, our clients hold. Um, very, very high, uh, uh, very rare stones, high quality um, would be would be outside of that auction and uh, represent um, you know better quality. Well, like gold and silver, Jeremy, natural fancy color diamonds is a go-to investment, a go-to holding asset class for many, many wealthy families, including the monarchy. If we look at their what they're holding, they're holding land. They are a lot of gold and jewels. These are these are natural fancy color, color diamonds that have intrinsic value that cannot be printed similar to gold uh, this is an asset class that you can that is portable very very concentrated and you can pass on this wealth with ease without the bureaucratic bodies of the government trying to take your wealth through taxation this is a very easy and seamless uh, asset to hold and we would love to show you how Talk about finishing strong there, Jerry. Um, yeah, these are great assets. Um, we're, we're, we'll start to bring some more information about that uh, to the program because it, it has been a while. We, we love the natural fancy colored diamonds, but you know, obviously the metals have been very, very exciting. So it's all about physical. It's all about the fact that they could have a silver squeeze, but the fundamentals there will push the market much, much higher ultimately. Watch out for that great reset. We've seen the, the idea of the punch bowl being taken away from the Canadians at the same time as a heated, overheated real estate market. Mm -hmm. This is the time to, to not procrastinate. This is the time to get involved and make sure that you are well protected, that you have that insurance policy. You don't want to wait for the house to be on fire before you have insurance. You have to get it beforehand. You've got... You've got uh, home insurance, life insurance, car insurance, do you have portfolio insurance? And that's where the precious metals come into play. So feel free to contact us and we'll be happy to talk to you more about the markets. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Thank you for joining us today on The Real Money Show. And you've been listening on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.